Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? It's your good friend Jimbo here, letting you know that today's podcast is presented by Podgo. Podgo is the easiest way for you to monetize your podcast, providing podcasters with a flat rate for ad space so you always know how much you get when you include an ad from Podgo. I recently joined as a member, and you can too. Apply today and let them know that you heard it from Stay Tuned Sports and you start earning today. That's podgo.co at P-O-D-G-O dot C-O. Now here's the best Stay Tuned Sports Podcast. And hello there, all you Stay Tuners. Welcome back to another episode of Stay Tuned Sports. It's your good friend Jimbo here with a very, very special guest. The current King James belt holder, probably for the next five years, King. Oh, you can only hope. <laughs> <laughs> the old Hi everybody! Hey, it's been a while since I've been on the old uh, on the old brand. Yeah. Oh, well, probably STS. Probably almost a good six months, close to a year. I mean, we did that at the old house, and this is the first time you're doing it on the with us in the new say, house here. I was gonna say, I thought it was a yeah, it was close to like it was. I, mean, I think it was still winter time last time. So yeah, it, it's been, it's been a minute. Yeah. It's been a minute. But you know, let, let's let's be honest. It's pretty much winter all the time in Pennsylvania and. Probably Jersey too, especially lately. Well, you, you would think that, but you know, uh, here's the thing: I like I love the change of seasons; it's fantastic. But you know, yeah, like you know, winter was nice. We had lovely snowfall; looked beautiful, looks great. Uh, but yeah, now I'm ready for the springtime. Give me some, give me some of that, uh, you know, 68, 69 degrees, 70 degrees. Just nice warm weather. Melt some of the snow. Like to go outside and realize that I'll be arrested if I go outside, so <laughs> then I can't go outside. I can just look at it being nice outside. Which, there you, there you, know, you go. You know, a consolation in these times, in these trying times. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, you know, it's uh, it's been a while. It's good to be back here. Yeah, and at least I, I have confidence in us in this episode to be a lot more entertaining than this past Sunday with the Super Bowl. Well, okay, and and this is something I'll say too. Like, was this the most exciting Super Bowl we've ever seen? No, clearly it hasn't. But let us not forget that, uh, what, two Super Bowls ago, we had the Patriots and Rams in that 13-6 yeah. game. So, at least with this game, there was some point scored. It was all one team that did it. <laughs> yeah. But at least you had to. And plus, you know, Patrick Mahomes running for his life was kind of entertaining to watch anyway. Did you see so, that, that stat that came out about that? Uh, he was rushed something like 40 times, 42 times. No, about how many yards he, they did a next-gen stat thing, and how many yards oh, he actually how ran. how far he actually ran. 497 yeah. yards he ran. He, he, from uh, from outside the pocket, I think is how they they figured it all out. You know, Right, they measured outside of the pocket how far did he yeah. run every time he had a scramble. Well, on that one play that should have resulted in a touchdown, except for, I forget who was supposed to catch the ball, but in the hands, in the chest, in the end zone, and dropped it for some unbelievable reason. Yeah, uh, Mahomes ran about a quarter of a a mile on that. Yeah. Threw the ball, why, like, perpendicular to the ground, the horizontal (laughs) to the ground. He was was parallel to the ground, 
I, I used three different terms there, and I think <laughs> one of them might have been correct. Uh, parallel to the ground. That's what go. I was thinking. Uh, but, you know, he's, he's parallel to the ground, throws the ball 30 yards still, yeah. hits the guy in the hands, and he drops it. And then they did the that, that 8K camera right up on his face there. And you just see Patrick Mahomes with that look like, Jesus, dude. Really? Yeah. Like, I ran all that way, did all that, did something immaculate in throwing the ball 30 yards while hovering in the air, and you dropped it when it hit you in the hands. Yeah. Like, you just kind of saw his face was just like, oh, you know what? And, and you know what, like, let, let's let's jump into one aspect of this game. Everybody said that um, Tampa Bay's defense figured Mahomes out and and shut him down. Let's be honest. I mean, he was down what three starting offensive linemen. He had no receivers to uh, get separation. So how? I mean, okay, maybe the receiver part well, of it they figured out. Well, but. no. Here's the thing. And and Tampa Bay had a great defensive game plan going to Todd Bowles has to get a lot of credit uh and and the funny thing is like us being up in the northeast area like we know a lot of the Jets Todd Bowles was a Jet coach yeah and it was bad but here's the thing when he was with uh, I believe he was in Arizona before the Jets uh he was a great yeah. defensive coordinator uh now down in Tampa Bay he's a great defensive coordinator some people are just good defensive coordinators some people are better coordinators than they are at coaches yeah I think Todd Bowles is a lot like that. Uh, uh, Steve Spagnuolo uh, is a lot like that, too. When he was with the uh, Giants as a defensive coordinator, they were good. Yeah. When he was with the Saints as a defensive coordinator, they were good. Now that he's with uh, Kansas City, Kansas City defense, despite what happened in the Super Bowl, Kansas City's defense is not a bad defense. No. But, you know, if you keep on getting penalties the way they did in that game and, and you you know, your offense can't score, it puts your defense in a bad spot. And that's unfortunately what happened. But he's one of those guys. But when he was head coach of the Rams, he sucked. Yeah. So, uh, but Todd Bowles had a great game plan going into there. Uh, and, and that's the thing. You can blame the offensive line for not being great and, and not protecting uh, Patrick Mahomes uh, as they should have. And that's a fine, valid argument. But the fact that they were able to take away Kyrie Kill, the fact that they were able to take away Travis Kelce, or, or, I'm sorry, which Kelsey's on? Yeah, Tra- Travis Kelsey, Jason Is Kelsey's Travis on Philly. Kelsey? All right. Uh, but even him, he had a couple of drops there. He did. Uh, and and even when he did catch the ball, they got him. They took away they took away uh, Mahomes' weapons. Yeah. Which then let that front four just go nuts and, and let loose on a banged-up offensive line. So you make sure that you, you, you have all your weapons recovered. He can't get the ball out. And now you have the rush hitting him. So now he's got to scramble and rush around for his life yeah. to try to wait for somebody to get open. And by the time anybody's open, he's already been sacked for three seconds. Yeah. You know? So, uh, end of the day, was was the offensive line, I think, a contributing factor to the loss? Yeah, but it's definitely not the only reason they lost. And they definitely could have won even with a banged up offensive line. If Tampa didn't have a as good of a defensive game plan as they did, we're not talking about Kansas City's things up Yeah. And as far as offensively on Tampa Bay side, I like their their uh, their game plan of pretty much a lot of underneath route stuff, like the uh, to, to pick the, the linebackers or the corners, and then every so often throw it to the asshole that I don't like, Gronk. I mean, he had a... First of all, first of all, how do you not like Gronk? It, you, dude, I want to 
just throat punch him sometimes. Oh, dude, like, he's, 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 he's such a... Listen, I, I like him. I think he's a great character. I think he's a good guy. He's a smart guy, believe it or not. I mean, he did have a funny... Did you see about... Not to cut you off, but did you see about the commercial that... Uh, I believe T-Mobile it was. The T-Mobile commercial with him and Brady? I, I thought that was Dude, that, I, I wish they would have aired that. Uh, I, I don't think Yeah, they, I know they didn't air it, but they aired it like everywhere else before this. Yeah. Movie, they didn't air it on it. <laughs> but uh, I think I even reposted it on my social media. Come, come down and retire? Why do I, Why would I retire? Florida? Well, maybe. <laughs> it's so, it's, it was such a genius commercial. It was really good. But that's what I mean. Is like the guy does a lot of, you know, he, he's, listen, this time last year, he was <clears throat> getting ready to be the host of WrestleMania. Yeah, you know what I mean. You know, uh, he was the White Tiger on The Masked Singer. Yeah, and you know, I think he was happy where he was. And then Brady says, "Like, hey, listen, I'm going down to Tampa. You want to come with me?" And he's like, "Yeah, sure." To the fact that I don't know if you heard this story. Um, what he did uh, when Brady wanted him to go to Tampa. What he did is he actually sent a tape to uh, the Tampa offices, to the general manager and, and everybody else there, okay. to Bruce Arians. He sent the tape, and it was like him working out, showing how he's been working out. This whole time he's been retired, he's still working out. He's still buff. Look at all. And it shows all these different clips of Gronk doing all this stuff. Yeah. Apparently what he did was, I, in I, like an hour, he just kept on doing one workout and then would change a shirt <laughs> yeah i saw that do another workout so it looked like he was doing like days and days and days and days of workouts but he did it all like within an hour <laughs> which and also explains why early in the year was he wasn't say, doing great yeah you know? he was out of shape he had to get even, back into football um, now I, I think he's he's back next year though, right? I think he has one more year technically on his contract, whether he wants to come back or not. Tampa's got a lot of people up. I know they, uh, they, uh, I know Leonard Fournette is up on a contract. Yeah. You know, I think Gronk is up on a contract. Like I think he only had a one year, uh, so I think Gronk is up on it. Uh, they, they have a lot of pieces there. Antonio Brown's up on. Um, I, I I think you could let Brown walk. I you know he's he, here's, here's the thing though. I mean, and again, this could be a Super Bowl hangover situation, uh, and they might think better of it, you know, down the road. But like Mike Evans has already come out and said that he he wants to restructure his contract so that Tampa can keep most everyone. I I did see that, but man, I mean, seeing the list of players that are scheduled to be free agents, that's a lot of money to say, hey, okay, put it back into the the, the franchise. If everybody, here's the thing though, like if everybody. The, the thing that's going on in Tampa now is one of those unique things where it's people, you know, when Brady first came down, he he got he basically built that team. Yeah. Down in Tampa, he got he got went, for some reason the Jaguars waived Fournette. Uh, he got Kronkowski down there. He made sure they picked up Antonio Brown, which, by the way, also if Brady ends up saving Antonio Brown yeah. from Antonio Brown, <laughs> like Brady deserves like a. A congressional medal. Yeah, like, he deserves something more than any anything the league could do. Uh, yeah, I mean, just, just think about it. You haven't heard anything about Antonio Brown except for on the field no, since since he came thing. to Tampa Bay. Antonio Brown, I think, and, and we everybody listening, everybody here, anybody who watches football or watches the stuff around football would be able to tell you uh, Antonio Brown's got a mental condition. Oh yeah, like and and it's not being funny. That's not trying to make a joke. Yeah, no. Not doing like that. Antonio Brown seriously has a mental issue. Yeah. And if Tom Brady was able to at least 
in part maybe pause that for a while and then maybe also get him help like during all of this uh and, and to where it's not even broadcast that much but maybe like he is getting him to you know uh therapy sessions maybe he is making sure that he stays on the straight and narrow yeah. uh, uh with with things with his behavior if, if he's doing that then you know and we know that Brady has kind of a connection with with AB from yeah. you know wanting him up in New England, and then all that other stuff happened. And maybe you know so he he has an attachment to Antonio Brown. I don't know why. Yeah. But uh, so I don't think Antonio Brown in that sense would even walk. I think if they offered him like another one year deal for you know whatever whatever he had this year, I absolutely think he would take. I think Leonard Fournette. Leonard Fournette might go simply because he's looking to he, he might look to cash in a little bit, which by all means he absolutely should. But, I mean he, I mean he probably could cash a little bit with Tampa Bay because Tampa Bay, if he goes, I mean, I, Grant, I know Shady McCoy didn't do anything really this year. He retired. He officially retired today. Um, oh, did he? Yeah, he, he's he got two rings. Two for rings. About Shady, he's got two rings, man. Out of out of no snaps. <laughs> Blaine they Gabbert has got a ring. Let's. That's so 2020. <laughs> wasn't he? Wasn't he a Jaguar too? Uh, Blaine Gabbert. Yeah. 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 He, he, he was a Jaguar. Yeah, he was. Yeah, he was a Jaguar too. So a lot of ex-Jaguars getting rings. Yeah. Up in here. But, um, um. But yeah, I mean, who, what other? Uh, I can't name another running back they have on their team that would be that starting workhorse, if you want to call it that. Well, you're already again, but this is this is what I mean. Even if they do let certain pieces go, you're gonna have other players across the league saying, "Listen, I'll take a pay cut to go to Tampa Bay." Yeah, because I know I'm gonna have a chance to play with the greatest quarterback that's ever played in a game. Yeah, I have a chance to win a ring, and that you know, because by this time of a lot of people's careers, yeah, they've made their money. And it's not like they're not going to get, you know, you're still getting a couple million dollars yeah. for playing a game. So you're not going to be, it's not going to be, you know, uh, uh, you know, you're not being not compensated. Yeah. Like uh, uh, Adrian Peterson already said, like, listen, I'll take a pay cut. Let me come down there. I'll play with, I'll, I'll play with somebody for a ring. Yeah. You I, mean, know? I mean, he only, I ain't lost it. I ain't lost it yet. I'm still yeah. AD, you know? <laughs> so, I mean, and I think you're going to see that with a lot of people. I think you're going to see a lot of players start knocking on Tampa's door and be like, hey, listen, what, what what are you willing to give me in order to come here? Yeah. And, you know, whatever that may be, I'll take it simply because I'll be able to play in a place that I think I can win a ring. Yeah. And I think that's something you have to, I mean, like we can break down the game and we can do all that kind of stuff. There's really not much to break down. Yeah. The fact that Tampa's defense really did shut down the explosive rep of Kansas City, which we didn't think anybody could do. Yeah, they did it, and um, by that, Tampa Bay was just able to go ahead and make the game a laugher and a boring one at that. We can look at that, or we can just start looking at, at what this really means overall in like the, the the scheme of the history of the game, the history of football. We're seeing stuff that will never happen. Yeah. We we just saw somebody in their 10th Super Bowl, which will never happen again, by the way, mm. win their 7th Super Bowl ring. 
which will never happen again, by the way. I mean, something like that's never going to happen. You we never saw know. Somebody, we saw some. No, it's not. I, mean, I don't care. Like you already have people starting to try to put pressure on Mahomes, saying, "Well, Mahomes, it's on you now. You have to get eight rings if you want to be yeah. considered." Like, listen, you can't. Brady, this is what people mean when they say Brady's on a different level. He's on a different track. You can't compare regular great quarterbacks to Tom Brady. Tom Brady is on a level all his own, separate from everything else. If a if you win two Super Bowls, you're still a guaranteed Hall of Famer. Yeah. And you're still considered one of the best the game has ever seen. If you win two. Yeah. I don't care what anybody says. If you win two rings, you're one of the greatest of all time. Bar none. No questions whatsoever. No questions asked. I'm, I I firmly believe it. this man is at seven and he's been to ten. Yeah. And, you know, let's put it out you, there. You, thank, thank God to Eli Manning and Nick Foles. Yeah, especially the end of the story. Uh, <laughs> thank God we'd never hear the end of it if they went 19 and 0. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, so we have that. But even without that, to start judging other quarterbacks or young quarterbacks coming into the league, saying, well, they might be the next Brady. No, you can't, you can't do that. Because nobody's going to get to that level. Nobody's going to be able to achieve yeah. that kind of success. And this is the thing, too. This man did this in his very first season outside of New England, where everybody said he couldn't win if he was on any other team. He's a system quarterback. Yeah. Without Belichick, he ain't shit. He can't get there. He can't do any of this because of he he, he is. A, you put him on any other team, and he's gonna suck, and he's gonna be terrible. And watch this, he's not gonna be very good at all. In his first season with a new team, yeah. he brought them to a Super Bowl. He brought the leadership and other. Well, he's not that great of a quarterback now. There's so many other talented quarterbacks. I mean, absolutely, I agree. I think I think Aaron Rodgers is the most talented quarterback that's ever played. Yeah, but also Rodgers is, I, I believe, younger, a lot younger, isn't he? Uh, he's like 37, 38. So he's about you know five, six years younger than, than Brady. So obviously, the younger talent right now at Brady's stage in his career. <clears throat> excuse me. Um, the fact that you just referenced a 37-year-old as a younger talent is insane to begin with. Yeah, but I'm talking about like the Mahomes or yeah. the Sean Watsons or stuff like that. Because you, you, it's unfair to do that to those kids to say, this is now the bar that it, where it is set and where you have to go to, for us to consider you great. Yeah, That's not the case. Brady being where he is, is... I mean, he's in such a different stratosphere. He's in Gretzky level. He's in yeah. Jordan level. He, he's of not, is, is he the greatest football player of all time? Is is he the greatest, one of the greatest professional athletes of all time in hey, American sports? And you know, I'm kind of glad you brought that up too, because I've been seeing that a lot lately. And want your opinion. I mean, is he the greatest athlete ever? To play in sports. Well, that's a, here's the thing, and, and the, the the thing that I take away from that is I, I, you can't compare sports. Like something like and, and I've to, said that too. People tried to compare like what Brady's doing. Like, well, is he is he past Jordan? He's got seven rings, so is he past Jordan now? Or you know, where does he stand up against LeBron? Or what is, like, I, I don't think you can do that. It's two different sports. It's two like especially with basketball. Like basketball, you can have one good player. 
and make runs. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, the Cleveland Cavaliers won an NBA championship because of LeBron James. Yeah. One player. If LeBron James was not on the Cavaliers team when they went to all those – and, again, they went to, like, three or four straight finals against yeah. the Warriors and only won once. But even so, even with that one they won and the fact that they got there at all all those other times, um, it, what that – what that showed you was what one player do. You took that player off there before he came back from Miami. They were they they were garbage. Yeah. You put LeBron James on there, three four straight NBA Finals, and they actually won a championship. Then you take him off there, he goes to Los Angeles. They are bottom of the barrel shit again. Yeah. Like it, you, it, one player can make a huge difference in basketball, but one player can't make that big of a difference on a football field in a football game, especially because. He's only on the field half the time. Yeah, like but he he can he can bring the people. Like I, I I will give him credit for for bringing the people there. You know, like yeah. getting Gronk there, getting Fournette there, getting AB there, uh, uh, setting all that stuff. I will give him that credit. But when it comes to the execution and actually getting the things done that need to be done, like. Yeah, he, you know, it's up to him to throw the ball to the right place, to call the right place, to see the defense, to be the leader on the field. Yes. But then once the offense is done, the defense has got to go out there. Yeah. And he has no part of that. Yeah. He All he can do is not sit on the sidelines and be a cheerleader. You know, whereas Jordan can play offensive defense. He was able to block shots. He's able to steal balls. Yeah. He's able to get rebounds. He's able to do all that. Brady can't do that. Now, the only so thing I, that I would say about that, though, about trying to compare um, sports to, to each other. Football is a lot harder, I believe, to win a Super Bowl because it, it's one and done. Basketball, hockey, I mean, you know, you could have two bad games starting off and then just just click and have four great games and before you know it, you won the championship. Right, and, and it does and it does happen. And, and that's one reason, but also, <clears throat> I mean, look at throughout history. Look at everybody who's ever played a game of football. And, and you hear them say, you hear you hear the stories all the time of people who in their rookie year or second year, they'll go to the Super Bowl and then they'll be like, all right, you know what? This is fine, but I'll be back. We lost, but I'll be back or I'll do something like that. And they never get back to the game. Yeah. For people to get to a Super Bowl is an achievement, is yeah. an event. Simply because of one of the, you know, it, it's a team sport. You're relying on so many other people to make sure that they buy into the process and they buy into the leadership and they buy into the whole program. Yeah. And and even then, if you hit a hot team, it could be you hit that one game and you're done, or you get a lucky play. Look back to the Saints and the Vikings with the, the, yeah. the Minneapolis Miracle. The Saints were by far the better team. And yeah. we saw that when they played the Eagles in the NFC Championship game. They got blown out. Yeah. But, the, the, you know, the, the simple fact was there was a one mistake. Somebody didn't pay attention on the last play, thinking the game was already over. They let the guy get past them, and that's, that was Stefan Diggs, by the way. Yeah, uh, Stefan Diggs. And, yeah. And the rest is history. One player not focusing for one play ruined what could have been a Saints Super Bowl run. Yeah. You know, and that's you know that's the, the beauty of the game, and it's also you know. When you think about it, how hard it is to get to go through all that to get just to get to a Super Bowl, and Tom Brady has been to ten. He has been to ten Super Bowls. He's been the fourteen conference championship games. Yeah. 
And in his first year out in New England, where everybody said he would suck if he was out of there, he put a team together, and here's the thing, he, he immediately changed the culture of the entire Tampa Bay organization. He got there, and people realized, this is real. This yeah. is, this, you can't, this ain't Jameis Winston leading this team. <laughs> This is, this is the guy who's been, at that time, to nine Super Bowls and had won six. He had won two-thirds of the Super Bowls he had been in. Yeah. And they were a lot. He was winning Super Bowls before a lot of the guys were even on, you know, playing peewee for And it definitely showed today, um, after the parade, how well he was uh, celebrating it, too. I don't know if, I'll have to send that video to you if you didn't see it yet, with uh, Brady being walked out i guess from the, the boat party uh bodyguard or whatnot Tampa bay probably official whatever had to basically um hands on both shoulders and guide him to the car and he's just hey listen smiling ear to, to ear a, you're allowed to take a day off of the, the, the tv 12 system <laughs> yeah <laughs> you know what i mean because he said he says he doesn't drink during during the season okay oh and he said that he says that's one of the things he does so clearly today he was making up for that <laughs> and, and it def- uh, definitely you know, showed <laughs> Here's the thing. If I had won seven Super Bowls, if you had won seven, if, if anybody listening to this had won seven Super Bowls, yeah. been to ten, uh, it's considered to be the greatest tennis position of, of all time, it's considered to be one of the best athletes of all time, has a supermodel wife. Uh, even his ex was a, a super hot actress. Yeah. Um, you, you go through all of that. I don't know if I'd have my pants on during a parade. <laughs> like, let alone being drunk or being like super ossified. I'd, I'd be just waving it around at everybody. I got seven. <laughs> you know, yep. uh, there's there's not there's not too much. Like, I I I, I mean, I I almost want to congratulate him for, on his restraint uh, for. For just uh, for just drinking with Gronk as much as they do. Well, it, you know, it's kind of funny you brought about uh, holding his restraint from being naked and everything. How about uh, how about the streaker? You hear about that that story with the Super Bowl? That is now. See, who would think that just a simple streaker would have so many twists and turns in it <laughs> as to the story about what's going on with this? Yeah. Now, in case the the listeners haven't heard yet, the, the latest story about it is the streaker. Came out and said he he put a hundred thousand dollars on a prop bet that there would be a streaker at the game, paid a five hundred dollar fine to get out of jail, and pocketed three hundred seventy five grand. Now here's the thing, I want to know what was this like? I want to know what what sports book did he use? Was this an illegal bookie? No, was it, this like a Fanduel or a DraftKings? It, it, it was like a Fanduel. Draft uh, sports. Because if he does that, would that would that not invalidate the bet then? Uh, unless it doesn't have it in the like you know I fine wonder, print. Yeah, I wonder what the what, what the ins and outs of the laws of all the sports gambling stuff yeah. like that would be. Because I'm not sure. Because I know I don't think because I had Fanduel. I don't think Fanduel had that profit. They did not. Yeah, have I, I didn't see that for Fanduel. Uh, Fanduel. So I'm not sure where it was because the. First thing that was when he ran onto the field, he had like the pink leotard on that had like the porn website. Yeah. 
I haven't checked out that website yet. <laughs> I did think you know. about you when, when, when I saw that part. Listen, I have to do deep <laughs> research on this. I understand that. So I want to make sure, you know, that it's legitimate. You know, listen, it's going to go and run out of the field. I imagine you have a legitimate business. Yeah. So, uh, so that was the first thought was like, he did that for whatever advertising money this porn website gave him. Yeah. Um, then it came out. Yeah. Then a couple of days ago, uh, that he had placed a rather large sum of money on a prop bet that there would be the streaker at the Super Bowl, put that on there, and ended up winning a significant amount of money. Yeah. Uh, I'm not quite sure yet if any of that's been confirmed, if that's just what he said, if that's what's just going on. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and I don't think anybody really knows yet because there's still a ton of questions then that come with, well, like, what actually happened? Yeah. And listen, I'm not rooting against the guy. Listen, no, I'm, the guy was able to go ahead and put the money on himself to go be a streaker at the Super Bowl, and he did it. Yeah. And, you know, especially with that one security guard that was about 235 <laughs> pounds and a flying tackle in the end zone to crush him. Because his first, probably that guy's first tackle since his last game of high school football. And he was just looking. He's like, this is my time to shine. Oh, I'm going to truck this dude. And sure enough, he did. Like, the guy took a hit from him. But, uh, yeah, no, if you're willing to do that, to go ahead and get yourself a good bet, hey, God bless him. And you, you know, know what? The other thing I want to say, kudos to the streaker, he was smart enough, too, to keep his pants up above his yayas because na- they couldn't nail him for indecent exposure. Oh, yeah, but I think it looked like he had, like, one of, like, a thong leotard. Yeah, but I think but the, if those pants drop, fell I down. Think, I, don't, I don't think he was going to hang down. Even if the pants came off, it seemed like he would have had at least some cuppage yeah. there of the goods. So, uh, but it, it probably one of the big. It probably wasn't comfortable wearing it. But I'm, yeah. you know what? I'm going to tell you what. If I'm getting like three hundred to five hundred thousand dollars on a bet, I'll be uncomfortable for <laughs> you know an hour or so yeah. <laughs> to pull that off. Yeah, I just can't run. That's my problem. I got a gimpy leg. Yeah, there. So <laughs> my hobble ass would I get out of the stands and then immediately tap. So, <laughs> yeah, so you wouldn't even make it on TV. I would. Yeah, I wouldn't win the bet because the streak <laughs> wouldn't make the field. He'd be off on a sideline. The only thing that I am disappointed in him with, uh, he was quoted in saying, "When so his buddy was the the diversion. He I guess he hopped over the fence. They attacked him." And that's when it was time for him to shine. Smart so play. He, he Smart hopped play. over and he said once he got onto the field, all he wanted to do was run up to Mahomes and give him a kiss. Why didn't you oh, go is for he, it? Is he like the reverse uh, Morgana, the kissing band? Yeah. yeah, you know, and you you would there would be no way the TV uh, production team could cut away from that. I mean, all eyes were on Mahomes that whole time. I was surprised that they left it on there as long as they did. Like, yeah. I saw the streak going, and I was like, oh, they're going to cut for this. And it was there for a good five, but, six seconds. And the other thing, too, that was funny was the commentators are like, oh, we have a streaker on, on the, the field. And he was, you didn't even see him yet. And all of a sudden, they went to him. It's like, usually they do the opposite. They don't even go to... Screen, yeah, because they, they, they had the white shot ready for the play. Then you show the streaker come out, and you see them talking about it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. And then you see the cutaway. But I was like, for a good five, six seconds... They left it on the main cam. Yeah. And then he went to, like, the end zone cam to kind of show Mahomes from the other end zone and kind of block everything else out, which is what they normally do anyway. Yeah. But, yeah, the streaker was on there for quite a bit, which was which was surprising. So, hey, hey, good for him. You know what I mean? But, uh... The only other I thing mean, with, with the game... Um, it livened up a rather dull Super Bowl. It, it did. And, I mean, I honestly thought it was going to be 
high scoring and come down to the last drive with either Mahomes or Brady having to, to have to drive down for a field goal, even a field goal. And, it, you know, honestly, the, the game for, for me with the Chiefs, I was kind of pulling the 2012 national title uh, game incident with me and you. Third quarter comes, Kansas City's about to, to start, right? Right? I mean, they got to be starting soon, right? And fourth quarter comes, I'm like, they should kick it in soon. Like, I did not believe. Well, that that was me, and that was Jackie as well, uh, was uh, my fiance. I forgot that I have to make a reference because this isn't my show. Uh, <laughs> uh, so me and my fiance were watching the game, and she was pulling for the Chiefs too. But her actual prediction was that Tampa Bay would go out to a huge lead. Yeah. They would be up by a bunch. And then by like halfway through the third quarter or even into the fourth quarter, Kansas City would, like they did last year's Super Bowl, turn it on yep. and come back, storm back, and win. And so her, like the whole game, she was watching it, and she's like, any any minute now, any minute yeah. now, they're going to start turning it on. And then as we start getting to like six minutes left in the fourth <laughs> quarter, she's like, any minute now, <laughs> any minute, they're going to start doing it. They're going to do it. There's still time left. And it's like, no, no. I don't, think, I don't think it's happening this time. And it was th- that was the surprising part because I was waiting for the same thing. I was waiting for that, that you know, oh, they're going to turn it on any moment. They're going to complete a pass to Tyreek Hill. He's going to run faster than oh, anything God, yeah. alive, get a touchdown, and then, oh, boy, here you go. Like, they'll get a three and out on defense from Tampa Bay or a turnover, and then they'll go back and immediately score again, and then it'll be a game, and then we're in it, and then it's who knows. Yeah. But, it just never happened. It never clicked for them. Yeah. Uh, and Tampa Bay always kept Tyreek Hill in front of them. They never let Kelsey get away from them. Uh, I, uh, Clyde's Edward Lair had one good run. I think the whole game he had one good like 20, 25 yard run or so. Yeah. And that, and that was it. And that was it. I, here's the thing. Forget the streaker. I want to know what the prop bet was on the Chiefs not scoring a touchdown in the Super Bowl. I want to know what the odds were on that. So that might have been a fantastic bet for somebody out there. Somebody might be rich now because of that. I was, I was. Now listeners can't see, but an inch away, I was like, fourth quarter, the, the, the prop bet on Fanduel, fourth quarter, Chief, uh, Chiefs won't score a touchdown. The, the odds were like, like twenty five hundred, you know, something outrageous. Even in the fourth quarter. Yeah, I was talking about even before the game. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, that, been before the yeah, game. no, before the game, it was like something like outrageous, like twenty five hundred or five thousand. Like I, I typed in a dollar. That's, that's something I would like. Like that's what I want to look at. Yeah, yeah. like I typed in a like, dollar and was like I was gonna win like sixty dollars or you know six hundred dollars something. Out, and I'm like I did that with I did that with the the MVP because I picked either. Uh, Jason Pierre Paul or uh, Shaq Barrett. Yeah. Because I think but one of one of them was at a plus five thousand and one of them was at a plus ten thousand money line. Okay. So like if I had put a dollar on them, I would have won either five hundred or a thousand dollars. Yeah. And either one I was like you I was like what's what's the word? You lose two dollars and you have a chance to get either five hundred or a grand out of one dollar. I'll, I'll take that yeah. away. <laughs> so NFL season's over now. Now we we got hockey at least. Uh, yeah, if the Devils can never get out of you know COVID for yeah, sure. Flyers, Flyers are in in COVID jail now too. 
Yeah, well, I, probably because of the devils. Who knows? They're just spreading <laughs> around everybody. You know what it is? Is that well, you know, all the devils players banged all the flyers players' wives, and then you know, <laughs> COVID being COVID, just kind of spreads around and everything like that. Because you know, the flyers' wives they needed real men, real hockey players, not those. Did we sweep you, or did we split? Uh, the first two games we played, you beat us. Okay, so we haven't beat the flyers. We haven't beat the flyers. Okay. So I, I don't we beat know. the Rangers. We beat the Rangers. Yeah, but we haven't beat. The fuck the Rangers. Oh yeah, I mean that goes. <laughs> That's the only thing that we can agree on as being Devils and Flyers fans. As as we see Jackie come behind you with a steel chair. Uh, she's not yet. I don't know if she's heard me yet or not. Uh, the good thing is we're I'm, I'm looking directly down the hallway. Okay. Uh, from where she is, so if she starts like coming at me, you know, usually with a murderous look in her eyes, I'll be able to, you know. Duck and dodge, duck and dodge. <laughs> dodge, duck, dip, dive, and dodge. <laughs> uh, but, uh, um. Anything else you want to The Flyers, for oh. being bad, have a good record. That's what I don't understand. And I text you about this too uh, with Carter Hart. I'm not getting off the Carter Hart train at all, bandwagon, whatever you want to call it. I am a little worried about him though. I think he's. The, here's the thing, I, and I'll equate this to another Philadelphia sports reference. I I see Carter Hart and his current situation a lot in the same way I see Wentz, yeah. which is talented player, ton of talent, ton of potential, has a massive confidence. Yeah. If he, like if he gets shook, he gets shook for a while. When he's when he when he's in himself, when he's when he believes in what he's doing. Yeah. Carter Hart is a brick wall. And he even even towards the end of last year, I noticed that like he would start off giving up two, three goals, and it'd be three nothing, and he would make one like Sports Center top ten type save, and also just like that, he's back to a brick wall. And right. you know, and I mean, he's he's young. That's that's one thing us Flyers fans got to remember. He's still young. He still probably could learn how to control that. Well, there's there's a difference between. Just because you're young doesn't mean you don't have confidence. Um, you know, I think about Martin Bordeaux, uh as a double fan. I'm going to reference that, of course, always. But when he was a super young goaltender, his first year in the league, the Devils did very well. Made it all. They were the number two seed in the Eastern Conference that year. Made it all the way to the Conference Finals against the Rangers, double overtime in Game Seven of the Eastern Conference Finals, and then Stefan Matteau with a wraparound beats them. And you can see how dejected he was and how dejected the rest of the team was. Yeah. And then the next year they come back and they win the Stanley Cup. Yeah. You know, he took something that was bad that had happened to him that could have been a crushing event and instead built upon it. And also, this is one thing I've always noticed about Bordeaux since that time is that he almost never let a wraparound goal again <laughs> his entire career. He worked he worked tirelessly on making sure there was never a wraparound goal that happened on him again. Um, and, and and that's the thing is like you have to you have to be that kind of person. Yeah. That can handle a bit of adverse adversity, uh, something that goes wrong, uh, and and be like, okay, it's fine. Let's fix that and let's move on. Yeah, I know personally myself. I take mistakes and things that happen to me very personally. I will be like, you know, my confidence can ebb and flow like anybody. So that's kind of why I feel like I, I almost understand a little bit with with Carter Hart and with Carson Wentz and and with a lot of the uh, people or players or no matter what it is, 
having a confidence issue. It's like, you know, you, you feel good about one day, you feel good about yourself. Everybody's talking about you really good. Carson Wentz, oh, it's Wentzylvania. He's going to be the one that he got us the number one seed. You know, when, you know, he got hurt, but Nick Foles came in, but we got a great and bright future with Carson Wentz. He's going to bring us through. Yeah. And, oh, the Flyers goaltender situation finally figured out. Carter Hart, this guy's a beast. He's a brick wall. Nobody can get by him. And then, you know, you have a couple bad games or, you know, you float the ball a little bit. You're not playing it well. You have a little bit of a consistency with your injury problems, uh, something like that. The next thing you know, you start reading those other press clippings, which are like, you know, is Wentz overrated? Is he really dead? Is he the answer here in Philly? Should we just bring back Nick Foles? Maybe Jalen Hurts is the guy. And you start reading all that and you start hearing all that noise and it gets to, to you and then it just, it compounds. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, maybe I had a bad game. But now, instead of focusing to make it better, in your head, you're like, maybe I'm good, it's terrible. And then the next game, you know, you throw three picks and you can't read the defense. And yeah. You get it, sacked. And it kind of snowballs. And it just goes from there, there, there. And that's what I mean. Um, maybe Carson Wentz's temperament is not made for Philadelphia. That could be another thing, too. Like, there are people who are made for New York. Yeah. Made for Philadelphia, people who are made for uh, Chicago, you know, places that, you know, are heavily focused on the sports, heavily critical, you know, and do stuff like that. Um, I don't know if he's made for it. Yeah. Maybe he needs to go to a, a, a city that's not overly caring well, that, and, about and, their team. And some of the stories that are coming out about Wentz, I mean, obviously, we don't know the truth of these but the one uh in the very beginning of this whole saga was frank reich when they were about to draft him they, they went to go do the, the the pro visit or whatnot and carson went supposedly came right out to frank Wright and said hey i argue with my co- coordinators all the time but they know basically they know i'm right you know with the audibles i do or whatnot and frank frank Wright chalked that up to competitiveness well, maybe now that we see what's going on, maybe it wasn't competitiveness. Maybe it was, I'm a drama queen. I, I, I don't know if I can put Wentz in that category as a drama queen. I don't know about that. Um, but I'll tell you what, like, like, like if, if here's the thing. Perfect world, perfect situation, I think, for Wentz would be to end up in India. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Because he never had any better success or, or felt more comfortable with seeing than when Frank Reich was his work. Yeah. So it seems like that would be the great thing. Now the question is, will he go? And what is Indianapolis going to go? Because from what I understand, the Eagles are asking just, they're asking for stupid. They're stupid. And that's that's the thing too, was before the Super Bowl, a couple days before the Super Bowl, came out, done deal, He's going to Chicago. We're getting Nick Foles, uh, Tariq Cohan, the 20th uh, pick of, of the Bears. We're sending Wentz, and I think like a 6th or 7th, some type of draft pick back. As much as I don't want to see Wentz go, I actually like that that package for the Eagles. And then Monday morning comes out, well, now it's kind of cooling down because the Eagles want minimum two first-round draft picks. They, they basically want the Stafford deal plus more. Here, here's, here's the question I'm going to ask you, and this is something I've seen going around as well. Who put out that report? 
And you, uh, I've been seeing that too. Uh, Here's the, this is what I'm saying. When something like that happens, uh, you know, where it's like, oh, there, there seems to be a deal imminent between these two teams. If there's a lot of teams calling and being very interested in, in this particular player or something like that. You know, I have an anonymous source that says it's the deal's really closer. It's almost basically done. What's going on? Who's who's giving them that information? Who's yeah. giving the reporters this information? Who's leaking that information? And I think a lot of the times, it's the organization that's doing. Yeah, it. So I, I, trying, I agree. It's Howie. They're, they're trying to get as much as they can. They're trying to get other teams to be like, hey, listen, listen, it's 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 almost done. It's almost done with the Bears. You should get in on this. Yeah, when the Bears get them. Because, you know, again, we like Nick Foles and they have, you know, a lot of stuff there. So you better come and get him before he's gone. Yeah. And then when nobody else bit, it became, okay, but now there's, you know, sort of saying that this is what the Eagles want. And it, okay, but who's now who's sending it? Yeah. Who's giving that information? And not only that, but here's the thing. If what is reported the Eagles are asking for is what they're asking for, they're never getting it. Yeah. There's, there's, there's no way. for a damaged quarterback yep. that has a confidence issue that may or may not ever recover from. It's not going to happen. And, and not so, to not to mention the contract. Exactly. Here's the thing. You're, if you're the Eagles, you have to basically give him up for free. Yeah. You're, you're basically thanking the other team for taking the contract and, and you will give them. This isn't a case where you're going to get a lot for Carson Wentz. This is a case where you're giving to get rid of him. Yeah. This is what you're doing. Kind of like because again, you have the contract, you have a damaged quarterback. You know, you if you can trade him for a bag of balls, look into it. Yeah, it, it, it screams the the couple years ago. Uh, was it the Browns and the Broncos? Brock Osweiler. Oh yeah. You remember they they traded basically what the draft pick would have cost for that draft for Brock Osweiler, and that that's what Philly's gonna have to end up doing. Yeah, they're going to have to give up Carson Wentz. If they have to do it at a loss, they're going to have to do it at a loss. For it, you're, you're going to go into a training camp and a preseason that's going to be nothing but a distraction. Yeah. And, and the last thing I'll, I'll say about this subject, too, is let's say Wentz doesn't get traded at all and he's on the Eagles team day one of the new season, league, you know, league year. you got to fire Howie Roseman. I mean, he blundered this whole situation up. Well, you have, I mean, this, I have, I have, I have stayed in touch with Philadelphia Twitter. You know, as toxic as Twitter is, Philadelphia yeah. Twitter's 10 times as worse. Um, but I've kept up with what people have been saying. And it seems like if Howie Roseman is still there for any significant amount of time, people are going to assassinate him. Yeah. The, the level of dislike for that particular gentleman as the general manager. It's even more so than David Gettleman in New York, which yeah. I didn't think was possible. But the people in Philadelphia I mean, it, it's slow, are not happy. It's slowly, it's even slowly like oozing up to Jeffrey Lurie of, listen, do something or sell the team. That's how bad it is getting with us. Well, I don't want to say us because I'm not saying Jeffrey Lurie just yet, but most Philly fans are, are saying that now. Even if it, here, here's the thing I think about, and and it, you know it's a little funny and maybe a little shot for him too because I'm a Jameson, so you know, screw the Eagles. <laughs> but 
like I remember when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, one of the darkest days in the history of the National Football League. Oh, screw you. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, and then like that whole year afterwards in the preseason, then it, like you had all the Eagles players coming out saying like, you know, we have the system, we know how to win. You should pay attention to us because we're the, you know, we have the winning system. We know what we're going to do. We have, we have three or four more in us. We know what we're doing. Nobody else knows what we're doing here in Philly. You know, uh, you know, people should really start paying attention to what we're doing here in Philly. Yeah. Then from that time until now, it took less than three years. Oh, yeah. Uh, less than two years, really, because it was what, Super Bowl 53 was the one you guys won in Minnesota. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so less than two years, it's gone from winning winning the Super Bowl in January of, uh, in uh, February of 2018. Yeah. To, uh, to uh, here we are, where you guys stop and that's putting it and nicely where you guys were i believe once or once everything came out i believe it was you were the last you were last place this year. yeah in a division that was horrendous in a division that had a team with a losing record win the division yeah you were the last place in that division <laughs> And I, I, it yeah, does, it that is even, such a remarkable tur- turnaround. It, I, it doesn't I even deserve a. Uh, it doesn't even deserve a Charles Barkley terrible. And not only that, but like, it's it's not just that the team got bad in in two years, three years, whatever it was, three years. Yeah. It's not just that that happened. It's it's the entire organization has basically fallen apart. Yeah. Like there is so much turmoil in in just the Philadelphia Eagles organization. I gotta say, it doesn't break my heart. But from <laughs> from just a from just a football fan's uh, uh, perspective, it's it's stunning that that can happen. That, that you can build a team that can do what they did, and in in almost as equal amount or even less time, tear it all down. Yeah, it's incredible. On, on how fast that downfall was. And now it's almost a Houston Texan situation where it's like, well, you're probably going to have to blow it all up and just start from scratch. Yeah. Because that's, I mean, you want to talk about a bad organization. We're, we're, Houston Texans are worse than we thought. Yeah, and we thought they were bad. We're, we're getting that, organization that close. organization is worse than we thought. We're, we're getting that close, though, to, to bad, as, a, as far as a bad organization. I, I, I'm... I'm I would love to say yes, but I don't think the Eagles are even as close to as bad as the Texans are. Uh, I don't, I don't like, know, man. Because <laughs> you, saw, you just saw that their president resigned today. Yeah, I saw that. And he wanted to resign back when they hired the general manager that they got. Yeah. Because apparently he was the, he and a bunch of other people there were part of the uh, search committee to find a new general manager, which owner, uh, is it Bob McNair or his son or one, one of the McNairs? Okay. Uh, the McNair family, most of uh, told Sean Watson he would be in with yeah. that conversation and have input on that, which again they never gave him. Yeah, and then they they had their own people there, their president and football operations guy, whatever. They did this whole exhaustive search, put together a list of names, to which the owner basically crumpled that up, threw it in a trash can, and they hired their own guy. <laughs> and he said he wanted to resign that day. He told him he was resigning, and they begged him not to, in order to alleviate the uh or, or to uh you know not have it look 
that the organization was as much turmoil as it was. Oh, okay. So he actually agreed to hold off on his resignation until a later date, which happened to be today. Yeah. In which he then was said he would resign. But so you had a, a thing where basically, if everything happened the way it should have happened, the Texans tell Deshaun Watson he'll be in on the general manager hunt. They don't let him. Yeah. They don't let him know he's going to have any say on the head coach. They they even tell their own president of the organization that. Uh, to whatever his input was means nothing to them, which means the day that they would have hired the general manager is the day that Deshaun Watson said, listen, fuck this, I want out. Yeah. That the president of the team said, fuck this, I want out. Where everybody's starting to abandon ship. J.J. Watt basically wants out. Yeah. In not so many words, but you can tell he doesn't want to be there anymore. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm starting to almost think maybe it wasn't all Bill O'Brien. Yes. Maybe True. he was just, he was a symptom. He wasn't the cause. Yeah. That team is a mess. Yeah. Which is sad to think about because you got to remember, just not this, just a year ago, they were this close to beating the Chiefs until the Chiefs made that huge comeback and, yeah. and screwed them over. But they, they were a team on the rise that had the pieces, they had DeAndre Hopkins. They had uh, they had Deshaun Watson. They had their defensive pieces. They had JJ Watt, who was a, 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 a what three-time defensive player of the year, most big man of the year. He's got all these, you know. Yeah. He's got all these things. Like they were set up to be like, all right, they're going to take that next step. Who knew that that next step was a fucking banana peel that they slipped on and fell all the way to goddamn? <laughs> I mean, it's the Eagles' fall has been stunning. The Texans' fall has been sad. Yeah, <laughs> I think that's the thing. Well, but now who ends who ends up with? Him? That's going to be the question. Yeah, and, and you probably won't find the out. The Texans came out and said they're not going to trade him, which is stupid. You can't yeah. do that because this is his last year on his contract anyway. Yeah. So <clears throat> it's either you trade him for something now, or you let him go for free. You got you have to get something for him because he's not going to play for them this year. Yeah, and, he will sit out. He'll become a free agent next year. And he will be as wanted next year as he is right now. Well, that's I mean, not going to soften. If he sits out, he won't be a free agent. He's got to play a certain amount of games. Yeah, I mean, he could do the uh, who did it? Uh, Marshawn Lynch, maybe it was. It sat sat out seven games, but came back the eighth week and played out the rest of the year, and then that accounted as a, a season for them, for him. Well, I don't know. I might have to go to court then because he's not going to play for them. Yeah, he will sit out. And if that's going to be the case, he'll find a way out of it. They'll do something because he can't. He he's not going to play. For so if you're the Texans, either way you lose. Then either yeah. he goes to another team for free and you get nothing for him, or he just fine. He doesn't play, but you still don't get anything for him. You're not in any better a position. Yeah. Unless they're going to be that petty and spiteful, which uh, I don't know. Unfortunately, it seems like the Texans may be that kind of organization. Yeah. Um, but I def- you definitely can't fault Deshaun for, Deshaun for wanting to be out of there. You can't fault anybody for wanting to be out of the Texans organization right now. I would not want to be a part of that team yeah. as it stands right now. It is a bad time down there. Uh, but it is. now the question is just where he ends up. Yeah. All right, buddy. I just want to uh, thank you for being you know coming on. Um, I'm sure you got to get going to record your podcast. Here's your 
Time to do yeah, your no, shameless we, plug. I actually do have another podcast now. Thank you so much for that uh, <laughs> seamless transition. It was very <laughs> nice. Uh, no, I do currently have a new podcast along with uh, my fiance Jackie. It is called Calamity in the Coffee. What is it? We just uh, we it's nonsense. It's really just all it is. It's just kind of just BSing about everything. That doesn't like most podcasts have a focus. We don't have that. But, but uh, you can go ahead and find us. We're on all platforms where you go ahead and podcast. Apple Podcast. Google Podcast, uh, iHeartRadio, uh, Spotify, uh, TuneIn. Uh, I'm sure there's more. You can find <laughs> us really anywhere we podcast. Uh, you can find us over on our social media. We have all the links there as well. All of them. Uh, we are on Twitter, Facebook, and on Instagram. All of them are the uh, tag with uh, Clementy and Coffee. You know, that sounds weird. It's Calamity <laughs> without the vowels because... We, you know how they limit the amount of characters you can use and stuff, so it becomes a little bad. But it's C L M T Y and Coffee. That is C L M T Y and Coffee. You can find it again on all the platforms. We have a merch store. We have a place where you can support the show. We have all that. All those links are always available there on all those social media links. Uh, we'd like it if you stopped by and gave us a listen. You done? I think so. That's, a, that's, a, that's a, You want me to keep plugging? Well, I will continue to well, plug. I was going, through, copy, I was going through my head how much was the commercial. <laughs> I was going through my head how much was the commercial for the NFL so I could charge you guys. Jesus Christ. <laughs> for the NFL. Listen, if you start getting NFL numbers, I'll start paying NFL prices. But until then. <laughs> <laughs> All right, buddy. I will see you later. And we'll actually be back after this quick break with a brand new segment. Hey, what's up, Stay Tuners? Are you looking for a good movie to watch this weekend? Well, head out and pick up this Rotten Tomatoes certified fresh pulse-pounding disaster thriller Greenland, starring Gerard Butler, Morena Baccarin, and Scott Glenn. When a planet-killing comet races towards Earth, a father and his family make a perilous journey to their only hope for sanctuary while encountering the best and worst in humanity as the countdown to global apocalypse approaches zero. Own Greenland today on digital, Blu-ray, and DVD, which includes deleted scenes, feature commentary with director Rick Romanois, and much more. Uh, jumping out of it, Trevor White saying, you know what, I've seen too much now. I almost saw an accident uh, right up there at the front of the field, and that's the one spot you don't want to have an accident because you and I know, Carlos, if that happens, it's all chaos from there. Oh, there's a wreck! Turn one! Multiple drivers involved! And this is the big one, the 12 involved, the 29, the 23 coming in. Oh, boy, a bunch of very, very damaged race cars. And this is Garage Talk with Joshua Sobel, brought to you by 3Wide TV. So, yeah, so, you know, talking with Josh um, this past week or so, um, kind of wanted to do, like, some type of iRacing segment since we will be sponsoring the NSRA Truck Series um, next season. And thankfully, he was gracious to accept it. So, thank you, Josh. Oh, absolutely. This is going to be a bunch of fun. Yeah, especially with uh, one part of our of the segment that we're going to do is we're going to have um, 
I guess if you want to call it mailbag questions. And uh, this first week is going to be quite interesting <laughs> with some of the uh, the questions I, I picked out. We got some jokesters in uh, in SRA, I guess, huh? <laughs> yeah. Um, I mean, th- this week it was. I, I just wanted to get the the guys, uh, you know, questions. But eventually, gonna ask maybe like every Monday or so on Twitter, um, and then probably throw it in even on Facebook to take some questions out of there. Um, and the other thinking with this segment was for like any of the newbies that are just watching iRacing or um, want to get into it, you know, kind of recap the previous week's races and uh, the upcoming race. And and if there's any questions that I love how my computer does that, <laughs> um, <laughs> any questions that, you know, maybe some newbies might want to ask Josh, Hey, you know, what's a good pedal to, to buy or whatnot. And, that's why we have Josh here and not me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, the whole iRacing situation, for those of you that don't know too much about it, um, I'm always open to to anything. So the guys that are listening, if there's anything you want to kind of throw in here one week and, and talk about, get a little bit more info on, I'm more than happy to provide that. Yeah, okay. So let's jump right into it, Josh. Um, and uh, we, we picked a, a, a perfect week to uh, start this and to recap last week. So, technically, uh, you know, you finished third. Um, it's a lot of drama at the end there, if, if you, you know, if you want to call it. Um, I was watching it, and again, I'm a newbie when it comes to this iRacing, and I don't want to put anybody on the spot or blame, but from my standpoint, I thought he, uh, the, the white car, I forget who the driver was, should have backed off a little bit. I don't think he should have tried to squeeze between you and um, who who was alongside you when that that wreck happened. So it was my teammate that was with me, uh, Colin Olery, who was on my inside coming to the to the trial, and um, pretty much it was like coming off a of turn four. You you see daylight in front of you, and you're like, oh my god, I'm actually gonna I'm gonna win this thing. And my teammate was congratulating me. Um, <laughs> before we even crossed the line on the win and i thought i had this in the bag then all of a sudden i look up in my in my mirror and and peter serto in the 32 um i don't know like i said in the interview i'm not picking anything at at serto he's never done anything to me through the season but it was just weird that he got such a run and he would have won that thing if he would have taken it to the outside he would have won that yeah that's i think irritated me more was the fact that he had it i don't know if he's ever been in that position but it was there, and instead of trying to win, he was like, "Can I squeeze this thing through here?" Yeah, and, and you know, and again, once again, how many times this year with you, Josh? Um, I just looked at my wife because I had the race on the laptop and I had bare knuckle boxing on the big screen, so I was watching both at the same time, and I saw that happen, and I was just like, "Come on, what the, f-? you know?" And wife said, "What what happened?" I'm like, "Josh, you know, he, he was ahead and he got wrecked and." He rolled across the finish line in fourth place. I'm like, you know, I feel so bad for the kid, this and that. And, um, luckily, I guess the uh, race admins or whoever uh, told Peter, the, the, the host and everything, um, not to make the call yet who won because they're going back to look at it. And so it turned out to be a, a penalty, I guess. Um, he he pat, Someone passed blow the yellow line or something was yeah so there's a pretty pretty strict rule when it comes to super speedway racing that it's okay to go below the yellow line if you're forced down there which is a key word being forced to go below the yellow from another driver who's just 
pretty much pinching you and not giving you the room in the racing surface. Um, or if you're avoiding a, ca- or a, a caution that's in front of you and trying to get through cars, uh, you'll see guys kind of go down below the apron and, and everything like that. But in a racing circumstance, um, it's if, at least from the league standpoint, it looks like they don't want anyone going below the l- yellow line. And they classify that as pretty much what I'm seeing is the two left tires going over the line to gain an advantage. Um, and they saw Jordan Shepler use that to his benefit to gain the advantage on Colin and to try to pretty much win that after the chaos was happening. So I feel bad for um, for him, honestly, because uh, he has had a pretty terrible season as well, too, as far as where he's ended up. And I couldn't imagine being excited to win Daytona and then it kind of just gets taken away from you. Yeah. Um, cause there was a couple times too, like, cause I went back the next day, I believe to, to watch it. And, uh, I think there was like one other time, um, someone went below the yellow, but again, that was like what you explained. I, I think, um, someone was pushing him down there or he, he was mm-hmm. trying to get away from a, a wreck. Um, but, uh, real quick though, I do want to give a shout out to Peter. Um, so like I said, I had the, uh, the race on the laptop and, and boxing on the TV. So I had lop- the laptop turned down a little bit. And I saw everybody in the chat, you know, congratulating Stay Tuned Sports for being the, the new sponsor next season. And, and dumbass me, I'm like, oh, you guys listen to the show. Well, thank you for listening to the show. Here, I want to thank Peter um, for congratulating Stay Tuned Sports uh, for being, you know, being a new sponsor next year. I did not hear him say it. And when I went back to watch the race the next day, um, they both both hosts had some nice words about us and i appreciate that to both of them too so um so little uh points update as far as the chase now i saw josh uh not josh uh i know his last name was adams uh Joe adams yeah um he took over first place for points now Yep, he's, uh, it looks like right now he is ahead of Bill Edwards by a whole 14 points. Oh, wow. And Lorello actually got knocked down two spots to put him in third. And that's going to put him only 16 points behind Mitchell Adams, which if anyone watched the race, it, that's very surprising for Lorello to still be in it after all that. Yeah. Um, you know, if, if you guys have watched the races throughout the year or went back to watch you obviously you know and heard me chris and ben adams talking last week lorello has just been a very very good driver uh this year winning six seven eight races this year and for it kind of sucks for him that you know one i'm not gonna get into it but probably questionable wreck we'll call it um Mm -hmm. to be knocked from first place down to fourth in points but like you said to be only 16 points out with what four four or more races yeah i think we're actually four exactly right now so i mean he he's definitely not out of it correct yeah, he's no, he's definitely not out of it. Um, he he has plenty of time to come back. As long the thing that's going to be tough is Mitchell being in the lead. 
Mitchell's one of those guys that even last season before I joined NSRA, um, the dude was killing it. He won championship last season, so he's not going to give that first place position away easily. He's he's got his eyes set on what he wants to do, and he's a, he's a teammate of mine. So it's nice to see him up in up in first in points, and uh, he's going to be a force to be reckoned with for sure uh, when it comes to the end of this thing. I honestly have it predicted that the top three as it is with Mitchell Adams, Bill Edwards, and James. Lorello kind of being the three biggest ones to watch these next four races. Okay. Speaking of um, the next races, uh, we got Bristol this week, right? Yeah. So we're actually off um, going into next Friday, unfortunately, or this Friday, sorry. Unfortunately, I think they're celebrating Mardi Gras for that week, okay. um, that weekend, which uh, I, I never, I never even thought about like Mardi Gras being a huge thing. So um, they have that off. And then, so we actually go back racing on the 19th. Oh, okay. So if work wants me to come in Saturday, I'll come in Saturday. Because <laughs> when I was talking to Chris and Ben last, last week, uh, when they said about Daytona this week, I'm like, yeah, I'm not going in. <laughs> it was, yeah, you know, it wasn't Daytona's mandatory or anything. But, race. Um, Man. So as far as Bristol, what's the over-under for uh, cautions? Oh, God. <laughs> That's a tough one because I know we can race clean but it's more of a patience game and i think the patience is the thing that kind of wears thin with a lot of guys and i'm going to tell you right now side by side racing at this track is going to be rough um especially i want to i always get this track confused with the exit of two and four because they're so similar okay. but i think the safer barrier wall out of four um is kind of a pain <laughs> and, and most of these guys that I see will run up against the wall for some of their faster laps. Um, that kind of seems to be like more of the preferred line to go. And side-by-side -side racing off of four is going to be very interesting. If I had to base it, I'm hoping we stay under like six or seven. I think that's a pretty good mixture for how, how long of a race it's going to be. But uh, we'll see if tempers flare and if anything boils over from uh, Daytona. And on top of that, too, like with what you just said about Mitchell not going to relinquish first place anytime soon, Bristol being such a short track and you said about having patience and stuff, it could cause a lot of wrecks. Just him trying to, and not, I shouldn't say just him, but like say even Lorello gets up there in first place or, or uh, Bill Edwards, um, trying to hold off everybody, you know, putting blocks left and right, that, that could cause a lot, a lot of accidents there. Absolutely. I mean, at the end of the day, Bristol is going to be a race of attrition. So you're going to hear that a lot through most of the season, especially taking this into next season. We got a lot of races where it's more of a laid back, like wait to see what happens and try to get through the wrecks. You really want people to wreck out if you're going to play it safe and stay in the back. And I think some of the smarter drivers are probably going to attempt that. But at the end of the day, Bristol is nasty and it's going to close up. You're going to see you're gonna see cars all over the place if we do get a wreck this this track is going to close up so fast that it's going to come down to making sure no one's going to run you over behind you and making sure you can get on the brakes and kind of get out of the way so i would hate to be in mitchell adams position coming into this <laughs> being a points leader and knowing that bristol can easily take that away if he's not careful yeah that's kind of interesting too that bristol is in a, a a chase you know chase race or however you want to say it too especially with these top three drivers being so close in points 
Yeah, I mean, you got to throw in a, a, a small track too. I see. I can. I can kind of understand it. So, um, with there being seven races and you have a half mile track in the list, and it's the only half mile track, and it's mid pack on top of that. I think that was I think that was planned to happen, honestly, just based off of how you see the rest of the schedule playing out um, after this. If, if Mitchell Adams or Lorello can survive, it's almost going to be kind of a cakewalk for the last three races. OK, so uh, before we're done with the segment, like I said, another part of the segment, we're going to be taking questions from listeners and fans and drivers. And so this week, I just kind of kept it with the uh, truck series guys and I don't know how I want to say some of these questions. Like some of the questions they they put in uh, our Discord channel um, made me laugh, and I was like, "Man, I, I wish I could ask those questions." But so I actually got two questions here. So and okay. speaking of James Lorello, he uh-huh. wants to know what kind of footwear you race in. <laughs> what kind of footwear would you say screws you over the most? <laughs> because if it's a stiletto, then that's pretty much what I race. <laughs> I don't know why I could see you wearing stilettos when you're stuck in the gas. God, I can't get my foot out. I can't get my foot out. I'm spinning. Uh, yeah, I think I think the other. I meant sorry. I meant to say I think the other drivers around me wear the stilettos uh, the way that the season's been going. But that's true. Uh, I actually, if for for real though, I uh, I race barefoot. I don't know. It just feels comfortable to me. You know, and when I saw that question, I'm like, I wonder if he does like do a barefoot thing like uh leonard skinner uh van uh, van zant always singing barefoot that was i always enjoyed and found that interesting how he would walk stage i'm thinking man i used to play in a band i'd be afraid to step on like a a, a nail or a screw or something so what's funny too is like i think the way that i use like the pedals when i race is is way different so for me like i'm really heavy footed on my braking so i have to like change some of the brake bias in the race to kind of get me by um like when i'm coming down like pit road and stuff like that but what's funny is i actually use my big toe to accelerate that's the only part of my foot i use is my big toe so i use that to like baby the throttle and it just i don't know i've just been doing it for so long like it even it feels comfortable and even in a real race car even though i have racing shoes on i still have my foot positioned where like pretty much my big foot side of the shoe is is on the gas pedal (laughs) you know and i'm just thinking now with these questions you know get to know joshua sobel (laughs) (laughs) pretty much (laughs) And then our last question is from TJ Buck. What's your favorite cereal? Uh, he wants me to say Captain Crunch. <laughs> Do I want to know why? <laughs> yeah, he wants me to say Captain Crunch because he's got a Captain Crunch style uh, paint scheme. Oh, okay. um, TJ Buck is, Buck is awesome, man. I, that's that guy is really really fucking cool. I don't know if I could say that word, but you know, yeah, whatever. Trust me, um, I, seen, I said a lot worse on here. <laughs> <laughs> but um, honestly, I'm not much of a cereal person. Um, and if I had, I, I don't think I would even want to say <laughs> the cereal that I would eat because <laughs> I know these guys are going to be like, oh, so you're trying to get your fiber there sonny like <laughs> I, I i and for some weird reason like life cereal I, I don't know why but life cereal tastes amazing to me it's it's weird i'm a weird person <laughs> no life actually life cereal. i've had life cereal before and i mean i'm not a cereal guy anymore i you know when, when i was younger obviously but life cereal um i was a big uh puffs guy i used to love puffs oh yeah 
And then like when I go, when I go to the grocery store and my wife is with me and I look at the cereal, she's all like, Oh, I want fruity pebbles. Ooh, I want tricks. And I'm like, uh, I want life or honey bunches of oats <laughs> or raisin bran. And she's like, what are you 70? And I'm like, Hey, at least by the time I get to 70, I'll be good to go. <laughs> yeah. You're doing, doing some early practicing. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Josh, um, I'll let you get going. Um, good luck Friday. Now, uh, no, so you guys aren't racing this week, but you'll be racing next week at Bristol, uh, 930. Yeah, so this week I actually have a pretty huge week. So iRacing is putting together a Daytona a Daytona race for Road to Pro, and my license and safety rating in the in the game is high enough for me to join. Oh, okay. So I'm actually going to I, I, I'm debating if I'm going to call out a work for it because they do have a race Saturday morning at 5 a.m. Oh wow! For like placement races, and then if I don't get through that, I can I can do noon. But I'm thinking about doing that this weekend and seeing what I can do with that. And I mean, Daytona has been nice to me as long as everybody else can keep it clean. Yeah. Now, is that race going to be broadcasted or? Uh, I don't think the like prelims, so to speak, are going to be, but it's it's going to be huge. Once those guys, whoever makes it to the finals, that's 100% going to be broadcasted. And it's going to be, I mean, it's going to be a massive broadcast. Okay. Um, well, you know, if you get the link or whatever, make sure you send it over to me and uh everybody follow me follow the, the podcast the st sports podcast and keep an eye out for that link and you know maybe we'll get some stay tuned sports fans in there to, to root, up, root you on oh absolutely all right buddy i will see you next week yes sir thank you for having me on appreciate it and that's gonna be it for this week guys um hope you enjoyed the new segment want to thank King for coming back on. Um, so make sure you head over to staytunesports.net. All our social media accounts are on the right-hand side there. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, um, YouTube channel, subscribe to, as well as up top there is our merch tab. So you can click that and get your hoodie or T-shirt or whatever you want to buy to support Stay Tuned Sports. So till next week, this is your good friend Jimbo signing out.